Sex is the life force energy that runs through us all. The link between sex, creativity, and the sense of aliveness is strong. Can you use sexual energy for your spiritual evolution? Or perhaps for emotional healing? Is it even possible? Clinical sexologist Dr. Martha Tara Lee will explore all these and more on the Eros Evolution Show here on Om Times Radio and TV. And hello, hello. This is Martha. I'm back. So today's uh, episode is all about uh, coming back and uh, setting intention for this show. So a little bit about myself. So this is uh, Eros Evolution or Eros Evolution. Uh, so yeah, a little bit about myself. Uh, my name is Martha. I am a relationship counselor and clinical sexologist for the last 13 years. And uh, previously, I was uh, on On Times Radio Network for three years. And um, that's that's uh, 2015, 2016, 2017. And uh, the last episode that aired was uh, 2017, December 29. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, it's, it's been a five-year break. And the reason why um, I decided that I really needed a break from doing the show was because um, it was purely auditory. And uh, we were using the platform uh, Skype at the moment, at, uh, and it was very unstable. So it was very frustrating, and uh, it was also at 5 a.m. my time because uh, the station was targeting more people, more of a U.S.-based audience. And now with the proliferation of social media uh, and uh, on online show uh, goes all over the world. And uh, so it needed to be a time that worked for me. And so right now it is uh, 9.05 a.m. Singapore time as we record this. And uh, it is actually the first day of Chinese New Year. So happy, happy Lunar New Year to everybody who celebrates it. It's also New Moon. So it's a very special time. So it's the Year of the Tiger. And... Um, I'm a dragon, <laughs> so now I'm telling your age, my age, because every 12 years, the dragon comes back. So the dragon and tiger apparently does not get along. So my brother is a tiger, and uh, when we when we get into contact with each other, we very often just cannot help kind um, bickering, um, or, you know, the vibe is just, like, not great. But I love him a lot. Uh, so yeah, Chris is saying he's a rat. So Chris is our station manager. So I think rats and dragons get along very well. Uh, so what happens is, uh, yeah, it's the year of the tiger. And uh, every year, um, the Chinese astrologers would then put out announcements about um, how your luck is going to be this year. And they did a cross-section of your luck when it comes to money, romance, and relationships. And it seems that uh, this year is the pit for dragon. Of all the signs, like dragon has the worst luck this year. But I'm, um, you know what? When, uh, when uh, life gets rough, and the last two years has been rough for a lot of us because of COVID, 
uh, want you to know that just keep your head down. You know, there's a time to rest. There's a time to um, go for it, run for it. So there's a time and place for everything. So I'm not too bothered by it. And I also do not want to manifest any bad luck onto myself. So yes, happy Chinese New Year for everybody who celebrates it once again. And um, yeah, 恭喜发财, uh, so what I just said was just Chinese sayings about prosperity and uh, the last one was give me red packet. Um, so that's just like a thing that kids do and even now as an adult, I still do it. So back then, yes, it was purely auditory being a podcast. And so right now, um, and then what happened is the last two years because of COVID, um, there came a desire to express myself even more. And I just sat with it for, for I think, at least six months. And it was so funny that uh, when I thought about how I would want to do a podcast if I did it again, uh, it always came back to it would have to have not just audio but visual as well. And uh, if I had a chance, I would want to come back to On Times Radio Network because a lot of people who are doing podcasts, they struggle with getting audience. They struggle with doing all the work themselves. And uh, On Times Radio Network has been really good to me. They have been really supportive. I have, um, I have had a good relationship with them. And so I decided to have a discussion with them, I think, about two and a half weeks ago. And then when I found out that actually there's the TV option also available, that was when I decided, yeah, I'm in because I want to have the support and I want to have access to an audience that is spiritual and uh, provide content that is probably not, uh, yeah, I'm getting a message, yeah, um, and have access to an audience that I probably uh, normally wouldn't have. So I'm getting a comment here. It says, this is my family and I love them all. The, uh, I, I really, really um, love the part of how Om Times Radio Network is about spirituality and um, being a spiritual person, I gravitate towards it. And it's so it's so funny because um, I have a lot of degrees. I have four degrees and um, uh, I have a, okay, I just tell you what the degrees are. I have a Bachelor of Arts in Communications. So that was my first degree, which I, which I actually did while I was working full time. So it was really tough. And um, then I when I got a master's in public policy, thinking that I wanted to do international NGO work, which in the end, I, I didn't want to pursue that anymore. I realized I had an, a gift of um, empathy and the ability to be very, uh, like, pick up on things. Um, you can say psychic. Um, and so then I decided that I wanted to be a counselor. So I went and got my doctorate in human sexuality during that time when I was doing my doctorate in human sexuality. I was also getting other trainings in uh, life coaching and in sex therapy. And uh, actually, it was one year after I stopped doing the On Times Radio Network that I also went and got my master's in counseling as, as well. And it was actually my master's in counseling that um, really allowed me to be kind of more legitimate in Singapore. And so that opened more doors for me. So in today's uh, show, I'm going to talk a little bit about uh, myself, my intention for the show, and uh, what has happened to me in the last five years. 
uh, for those of you who are interested about like who I am and uh, my background, the host of this show. And uh, from next week onwards, I will have different guests coming up. In fact, I have uh, guests scheduled until April at the moment. Uh, next week, we will have uh, Polly, Wild, A uh, Wild Asian. So it's Polly Emery. So we're going to have somebody talking about Polly Emery. Okay, so um, those of you who have been following my work might remember that um, my, my mom actually had been suffering from breast cancer for the last uh, 10 years um, before um, I took a pause with uh, Eros Evolution. And it was uh, really um, tiring and tough uh, witnessing somebody that you love becoming smaller and weaker by the day. And uh, it was and so when I ended uh, the show the last time in 2017, um, my mom was getting worse and I was really tired. And uh, she actually died uh, the following year, 2018, in October. Uh, so for the whole year, I was actually having low energy. I was doing my master's in counseling and I manifested many uh, house-sitting opportunities. And... I have always liked to go to beautiful places and kind of treat it as a retreat. And what happened was I wasn't conscious that I was manifesting these house-sitting opportunities. Like that year, uh, 2018, I manifested a lot more house-sitting opportunities than I ever had my whole life. So each time I did the house-sitting, I also wasn't conscious about it. I would find myself becoming really like tired and drain of energy i would kind of collapse on the couch and just watch netflix and i would find myself um missing my mom and um becoming teary and uh, um uh, um finding myself um crying because uh at home in front of mom you don't give yourself permission to cry because uh, I think those of you who are caregivers, who support people who are going through illnesses will know that um, like being upset and being scared um, doesn't really help the person who's really suffering the illness. So um, as caregiver, you kind of just suck it up. A lot of caregiving was really done by my dad. I really didn't do that much. But being a, a very sensitive person, I couldn't help but be really affected by the energy around her and it permeated the whole house and as a result, the whole year of that that year, I was I was really um, just uh, in survival mode. So yeah, that was 2018 and in 2019, because of my master's in counselling, I became the locum sexuality counsellor for Singapore Cancer Society and I have been working with them for the last uh, three years, coming to four years now. So what I do is every two weeks, I go in and I work with cancer survivors, supporting them around their relationship and sexuality challenges. And uh, it's been four years and I'm still learning about different aspects of supporting people who are going through cancer. I've had the opportunity to support people who have gone through uh, um, different types of cancer from uh, breast cancer, cervical cancer, uh, lung cancer, uh, prostate cancer, 
and um, um, people who uh, wear uh, stomach cancer who have uh, wear a, a stomach bag outside of, uh, of their body. So, so cancer has uh, always been a uh, uh, something that I always wanted to support people with because because of my mom, really. Um, I may not be able to help everybody in every aspect, um, but I really wanted to support people who um, experience cancer, kind of like um, as something that I can help cancer survivors with, uh, having had a mom who went through cancer. I'm not going to go into the gory details of how she passed away, um, but she did pass away relatively quickly and smoothly. She passed away in the hospital. And um, my my friend was actually visiting uh, during the time that um, she she was hospitalized. And we, we all thought that uh, she would uh, come out of the hospital all right. And once my, once my mom was uh, moved from a shared ward to a private ward, meaning she had her own, um, her own room, I moved into the hospital and I, I, I made it clear to my mom. Uh, at first, it was only for one night. And then when I realized um, how my presence supported her, um, that's when I made the decision that I was going to move into the hospital um, and, and, and be there with her as much as I could um, between clients. So I cancelled all my workshops and um, just decided to spend as much time as my mom. So yeah, I, I slept on the bed next to the sofa next to her bed and uh, each night she got worse and worse. And uh, every night, uh, somehow, I don't know why it doesn't happen in the day, but every night um, some incident would happen that made her weaker. One night she actually had a drug allergy and she uh, started to foam in her mouth. She's, um, she, she basically died and uh, she had to be resuscitated. And the doctors asked me whether she had a medical directive, which she didn't because we never thought she would be in such a serious condition so quickly. And and so that really uh, freaked me out. And the day before she died, she she vomited um, like something inside her came out of her. It was like, I don't know what it was. It, it couldn't have been a piece of liver, but it looked like it. And so when I saw blood coming out, out of her while I was... Um, trying to help her brush her teeth. Um, then I, I kind of freaked out. And that was when the doctor told her she didn't have much time left. And that was also when I told my brother to come back from China. And, um, and he arrived that night. And that day, um, because my mom had been told by the doctor she didn't have much time left, um, she started to say goodbye to everybody uh, who visited her that day. So she was very weak. And um, then the next morning, she had slipped into a coma and then she passed away. And I was I was there with her when she um, slipped in the coma and I was there with her when she passed away. Um, so um, I wouldn't have traded it for, for anything in the world. Um, I actually chose to stay in Singapore because, um, because of my mom. I didn't know how much more time I would have with her. And I, I, I know I would blame myself if I wasn't there. So to be there when she passed away uh, meant a lot to me. Um, and when I tell my friends that I was there when my mom passed away, um, people would ask, where were your siblings, you know? And it's this like guilt, guilt tripping, like, you know, everybody should do their part 
But um, that's not that's not that's that's not about it, is it? You know, I I made a decision to be there for my mom, and um, it has nothing to do with who is right or who is wrong or like who does more or who does less. You just you just you just um, support the person to the extent that you're able and to also to the extent that you're willing to. And so I, uh, it's, it's definitely not about any discord. So yeah, so anyway, that's the whole thing around my mom. And um, I'll, I'll talk more about it in another episode, I guess. But um, when you lose someone that has been in your life your whole life uh, and who is so intimately connected with you, I think that's that was uh, when I really understood what what grief meant. Um, previously, I didn't. So yeah, thanks, uh, Selena, for saying amazing work you're doing. It's the it's the it's the cold face though so relevant. Yeah. Uh, so that was the comment to me supporting people with uh, cancer. So in two thousand nineteen, I um having had my mom pass away, I was really going through a period of recovering from all the exhaustion. I uh, started to travel and I started to run my workshops and um, I was able to be part of a few um, sexuality or sex positive festivals. Uh, one is Wonderfruit and uh, I taught for the first time in Melbourne, which I loved. and. Um, for those of you who don't know, um, Melbourne is known as the sex capital of Australia, not Sydney. So we're talking about a sex capital, meaning like the most sex positive place. There are actually a lot of um, like um, activities going on, uh, sex clubs and, and so on. So uh, there would be people who would fly from Sydney to Melbourne uh, just for the weekend. So it was really interesting to uh have have those experiences that i did have uh in melbourne and i was part of uh the melbourne sex camp it's called sex camp and uh, uh right now the melbourne sex camp is having like a break so yeah to be able to be there to teach there is a little bit of like a bucket list so yeah then uh in 2020 i i went to melbourne and taught there twice more including the um the easter festival in melbourne and uh, also taught in bangkok and then um COVID hit in march uh during that time uh there was a six-week lockdown in singapore so i for the first time in more than 10 years i was able to uh i realized i never had such a long break from work the most I've had is two weeks. I've never had anything longer than that. So to have six weeks off, to not see anybody was such a relief. Um, being an introvert, being highly sensitive, every week uh, feels a little bit overwhelming because every week I'm meeting new people and I do what I do, even though it's overwhelming because I see as um, my life purpose to support as many people as I can. So to be able to not see anybody for six weeks was really heaven, was really amazing, was really fun. Every day I was doing something to make myself happy. And um, I would say that, that that probably was like one of the best times of my life in a long time. 
And um, so I, I realized how much rest I really need. And I look forward to giving myself more time off, um, scheduling it, enforcing it. So, so in 2020, because I, were, I had a lot of rest, and I was uh, motivated and inspired. And so I actually ran three virtual festivals um, uh, that, that year. So I ran uh, Sugar and Spice, the first one. And uh, basically, Sugar and Spice is an Asian virtual sexuality festival where we, we bring in uh, different Asian presenters from all around the world to talk about different topics. And uh, Sugar and Spice, um, the sex festival, um, actually had all kinds of different topics that a lot of Asians wouldn't have been exposed to. Uh, we would have representation from the GLBTQIA community. We would have um, sex workers. We would have uh, people with disabilities, illness. Uh, we would have people talking about uh, aging, um, talking about masculinity and femininity. And we would have uh, Asians of different uh, races as well, including uh, people who are who are of Indian descent. Uh, it's really important to not just look from the lenses of uh, someone who is in the majority in Singapore, which is uh, which is Chinese. Chinese are the majority in Singapore, um, and so I do work with a lot of clients uh, who come from India, and I understand how difficult and actually even more challenging it is for them to have access to sexuality education. So when I did uh, Sugar and Spice, I made sure that I had a representations uh, from people uh, people uh, from of Indian descent because it's really important to have as much inclusiveness as possible in my festival. And, and this was, of course, in the last few years, we have witnessed the Me Too movement. We have uh, witnessed the whole... Um, a dialogue around diversity and inclusiveness, but I wasn't doing I wasn't doing sugar and spice um, to try to be diverse and inclusive. I really saw the need for it because of my work that I was doing uh, with people uh, who come from um, well of Indian descent, and so I was really passionate about it even before um, I decided to do the festival. And so uh, last year, I was so happy that I was able to work with this. Uh, YouTube channel or and website actually is called She the People TV. So She the People TV is uh, run by, um, uh, for lack of better words, um, Indian women for Indian women. So it's a feminist uh, website trying to advocate for gender equality and female empowerment. And um, I have been admiring their work for so long and I tried to reach out to them a few times. And last year, um, they asked me to do some um, uh, video content for them. And one of my videos, uh, Things Women Love in Bed, um, has reached uh, 1.4 million views. And um, <laughs> this uh, 1.4 million is definitely much more than any of the videos on my YouTube channel. So it's like I reserve my best content uh, uh, for them also because they have access to all this. Um, they are really good at CEO and video editing and all that, that I was able to reach more people uh, through She The People TV. So, so yeah.
for one of the uh, virtual uh, festivals that I did uh, in 2020 was also a sexuality and disability festival. And I got it up and running in, uh, in less than three months. Uh, it was a lot of work. It was very, very consuming. And um, uh, there were uh, 700 people who signed up for it. Uh, not everybody attended it live, but uh, they had access to the recording for 30 days. And um, enough funds came in that we were able to pay the presenters. And I walked away from the festival with nothing. I did the festival out of goodwill. And um, a lot of goodwill was generated for it, from it. And um, when I decided to do Love Abilities, the Virtual Sexuality and Disability Festival, I didn't know if um, uh, I would make a profit. And I also never intended to make a profit. I put in my time, my energy, my own money to create this festival. Um, and yet uh, some uh, people uh, who didn't know the full picture and also didn't know who I was, uh, attacked me from the shadows and uh, accused me of earning money off the backs of people with disabilities, when in reality, that was never the intention. So in order to protect the reputation of the festival, I decided to walk away from it. And I also realized because of the nature of what it needed, a lot of the presenters were in the UK. I was I was really killing myself, trying to reach out to presenters with disabilities at 2, 3 a.m. in the morning to speak with them, to interview them, to chase them for things that I needed for publicity, like their profile and their photographs. And so it took so much out of me that I also, before the festival started, I also decided that I really didn't want to run this kind of festival uh, anymore because of the time difference. And so... Uh, when there were people who wanted to take over the festival, I, I gave the festival to them. Um, so yeah, I really walked away from that festival uh, feeling that I, I did the community a lot of good, but I also really didn't want to continue doing uh, Love Abilities anymore. So now coming to... Uh, coming, uh, I guess after this break, uh, we have a commercial break. So after this break... Uh, talk about what happened last year. So yeah, a little bit about myself for this episode. So stay tuned. Home Times TV. Imagine becoming a super influencer. Reinvent yourself, invest in your brand, and then manifest your success with a robust spheric approach. Ohm Times Media and Broadcasting offers a unique and multifaceted way to become the spiritual and conscious influencer you deserve to be by putting your message across our powerful platform with its proven record of integrity and excellence. Through our produced shows, Ohm Times offers the opportunity to become a social media TV personality, a radio show host, an Ohm Times Magazine columnist, and a syndicated podcaster, all in one shot. By live streaming your show on Ohm Times TV and broadcasting it across the extensive Ohm Times radio and TV networks, you become more than a host. You become an ambassador and a force for positive change. Ohm Times, open yourself to the possibilities. If I could be you, you could be me for just one hour. 
we could find a way to get inside each other's minds. Walk a mile in my shoes. Walk a mile in my shoes. Well, before you abuse, criticize and accuse. Walk a mile in my shoes. Hi, hi, we are back. That was one commercial break. So yes, uh, join On Times Radio Network if you like to be one of their hosts. If uh, you always wanted to have a podcast and a TV show, but uh, didn't know how to do it and also didn't want to um, do it all yourself from the ground up, they already have a ready pool of uh, audience to uh, support you in uh, putting out your message. Uh, across and being able to support more people through your work. Um, I think a big part of um, being a helping professional is the fact that we want to, we just want to be of service. Um, and yet there are people who do what they do to um, just kind of um, make money from it as opposed to like um, a calling. People who are really of service versus people who uh, looking to, I guess, monetize. And and uh, I guess the difference um, is in the long haul, you can tell over time who the people, the people who you follow really are and what they stand for. And I'm, I'm very grateful that I do have some um, people who have been following my work for a very long time, who I don't even, didn't even know had been following my work for a really long time. Um, who who are benefiting from um, my content. So I, I really appreciate that uh, when people uh, tell me that um, they found my work and content useful and also um, are specific about it so that I know what I can focus on so as that I can help more people moving forward. So yeah, um, we are uh, at Eros Evolution. It's back. It's the first day of Chinese New Year. I have uh, taken time away from all my responsibilities to, to uh, be part of this show. And uh, it's been a break of five years. I've uh, been through um, the death of my mom, which has been one of the most difficult um, things that could have happened to me or to anyone to lose um, um, a a parent and um yeah and um yeah so a lot of what i've been focusing on the last few words has has been work and uh um before the break i was talking about what happened um um through uh, covid so so in 2020 i also started to work with uh disabled people's association in singapore and uh, with minds so i started to do uh workshops for people with disabilities and it went very well. It, I was uh, featured in Channel News Asia and uh, through that feature, um, a lot of uh, parents uh, started to contact Disabled People's Association and also they received funding to run programs for people with disabilities. So last year, I did eight virtual sexuality uh, events for people with disabilities or people who um, the parents of uh, children with disabilities and uh, the content is available actually some of it is available uh, on uh, the this ordinary love uh, youtube channel so you can 
search for it is uh, DIS Ordinary Love. And um, uh, three of the workshop uh, content are up there in entirety. So you can, um, well, not in entirety, they've edited it. So you can check it out. Um, yeah, so True Disabled People's Association uh, was able to work with um, people who are re referred to me from the state court in Singapore. So I worked with uh, basically sex offenders who have uh, disabilities, usually intellectual disabilities, usually autism. And um, um, so, so last year was really, really good for me to continue my work with people with cancer and people with disabilities. Last year, I um, also, well, actually, the year before, in uh, in November last, in November two thousand twenty, I became the sex um, sexologist for a sexual wellness boutique in Singapore or sex shop called Pink Lifestyle, and uh, for most of so the, that was October and uh, sorry November uh, two thousand twenty, and then it carried on to last year. So I started working uh, with Pink Lifestyle and um, was their sexologist. So most of uh, the year, I actually spent a lot of time uh, doing work for Pink Lifestyle and uh, through them, with them, and also on my own accord, was able to uh, get a lot of media exposure. And um, so last year was really an explosion of media con coverage for me. I, I appeared in a lot of uh, local like talk shows in Singapore and um, I guess it helped it helped me with my work with my access uh, with my I guess the publicity helped me to get like more clients um, through a very difficult time where a lot of people were stuck at home or a lot of people were feeling a lot of uh, stress around job situation and things like that. So last few years has not been easy for a lot of people, and I really appreciate that. Um, um, I was very fortunate that I, I had the time and resources and time and space to uh, organize virtual sexuality festivals. Um, because of COVID, a lot of people were comfortable with uh, online learning. And um, last year, when I did uh, events uh, through Zoom, I realized that because people were shy to talk about uh, the topic of sexuality. So through Zoom, uh, they don't have to show their faces. They can use an anonymous name. They can private message me. So a lot of times when I use that platform, it actually worked really, really well. And um, that accessibility to education and to their ease and comfort, uh, the ability to run a virtual sexuality festival wouldn't have happened uh, if not for COVID if not for the fact that everybody was um, at home wanting to do interesting things and also were getting more comfortable with um, the use of technology for online uh, events. So I, I do understand that um, using this as a platform, uh, uh, Zoom, uh, for virtual events, is not necessarily the best thing because we do lose out in the human touch. However, when you are talking about a topic like mine, which is very sensitive. You're talking about uh, doing events for people with disabilities or you're talking about trying to access uh, speakers from all around the world. It wouldn't have been possible uh, because it would just be too expensive for them to all travel to the same place. Um, so 
so so it helped and um then also i was part of um a few uh, virtual sexuality festivals not my own uh uh one tantra festival and um the evolve uh, festival that was organized by my friend, uh, both organized by my friend Eugene. So during uh, COVID, the last two years, he has organized three of each. And uh, he also probably sees that as the world is opening up again, um, that there's less of a need of an online virtual uh, sexuality festival. So just like me, uh, he's uh, probably going to stop doing uh, virtual sexuality festivals. Uh, so as for me, uh, last year, because of all my work that I was doing for Pink Lifestyle, I, I, um, I also cut back on my events. So I did do one virtual uh, sexuality festival, uh, Sugar and Spice. So that was the third one that I did, and then I did five uh, Sugar and Spice virtual sexuality talks. So I became the sexologist for Honeycomber Singapore, which is an online platform. And um, now I contribute to them monthly. So yeah, that's, um, there are lots and lots of uh, uh, content that I have produced out there that uh, you can follow. You can follow my videos on She The People uh, TV on YouTube. Just uh, key in She The People TV, one word, and Amata, and you'll be able to find all my videos that I've done for them. I think so far I've done about 10, and I have made another five recently, so they will be released in the next few weeks. Um, they tend to release one every Friday evening, Singapore time. Um, yeah, so all in all, I would have to say that um, I have been really um, busy. So if 2020 was a year of more or less, more rest than usual, so if 2020 was a year of rest, then uh, 2021 would be a year of partnerships where I had a lot of media coverage, I had a lot of writing, I, I, I really worked um, like I've never worked before. I worked so hard last year. And uh, this year, I want this to be the year of uh, content creation. Uh, I, I do have uh, four books and uh, it's always my desire to produce more books and I would love to produce one book every year. And uh, that was not possible last year when I was working so many hours for Pink Lifestyle. So now that I've learned to um, be a little bit more strategic with my time, and energy and what I what kind of projects that I put myself into. Uh, so this year, I want to focus very much on content creation, which is why the desire of coming back to Om Times Radio Network and uh, re resume uh, Eros Evolution. So we have 15 minutes to the uh, show wrap up. I, I want to talk about my intention for this uh, podcast. I think people who can uh, speak, speak. People can draw, people can write, people who can dance. Uh, all of us are seeking to express ourselves and that comes from a place of um, wellness and that comes from a place um, that is really deep in our soul. We, The soul cannot help but want to express. And so for me as a sex educator, um, having access to the opportunities that I have, um, being a born and bred Singaporean Chinese, I, I really want to have uh, guests who are also of Asian uh, descent. That's not to say that I won't have um, other uh, colleagues of mine that are like super amazing in who, in who they are and what they do. So I have reached out to many people and um, um, a lot of them have said yes. So I have a very interesting lineup of uh, uh, guests coming up uh, in the next uh, uh, few 
uh, episodes. So what's going to happen is um, in previous year, having had a chat with uh, Chris, the station manager, asked him like what, what, what feedback he had for me. And I guess this is like the most interesting part for all of you uh, is that I asked him like, um, did he actually have any feedback for my previous, my show uh, that I did for three years? And he said that I was the only one of all his um, hosts at that time who actually shared their personal stories. And when I shared my personal stories, the energy was different. And so there will be times that I'll be really clinical and everything. And then there'll be times that I'll be really personal. And so he actually um, felt like it was really interesting show that I um, had um, that was different from other hosts. And so that's when it kind of clicked with me because I was still trying to figure out my kind of my angle and my approach and how I would want to do things differently, uh, including needing to have visual, being able to see my guests and being able to have the, vis the, uh, the video recording of the podcast is very important to me. So besides that, it's like, what worked and what will work better. And so then it occurred to me that uh, why it was um, Eros Evolution was draining a lot of my energy was because I was interviewing guests, I was showcasing them, I was putting out their work, I was talking about them, I was uh, drawing out of them uh, who they are and what they do and highlighting them and celebrating them. But then it wasn't really about me, it wasn't really about what I knew and it wasn't really about um, us having a conversation and us having a dialogue. So that's when it occurred to me, hey, you know what? It, 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 it can't be just always about helping other people because I tend to do that. I tend to go in and rescue people and um, even like, you know, celebrate other presenters and highlight them. And uh, that's why I did with Sugar and Spice. But what about me? What about, what about um, um, injecting my personality into Eros Evolution? So that's when it kind of clicked with me. And that's when I say, okay, let's do it. Let's do it in the form of a talk show. Let's just not do it like an interview interview because it gets really uh, boring uh, because being a sexologist for 13 years, I kind of like know a little bit of everything and I kind of have an opinion about everything, but maybe I don't know everything, of course, but I do have an opinion. I do know uh, about a lot of healing modalities. And uh, so I, I really didn't want it to be just, I ask, you answer, I ask, you answer. So it's going to be a, a talk show kind of a format. So I will have on some episodes, one uh, guest and uh, on other episodes, uh, two guests to make it more interest, interesting and kind of curate it and uh, um, yeah, inspire and support people in, in your uh, um, personal and, and uh, sexual evolution. So yeah, my desire is to speak, is to express, is to inspire, is to share, is to support people to grow and also to grow myself. Okay, I also will be going uh, to grow through this process. And uh, so yeah, that's pretty much um, my intention for the show. Um, and I don't have, I have written down some notes. Okay, so if you want to uh, give me suggestions about who I should have on this get uh, on this show and uh, what kind of topics I should include or must include, then uh, you can reach out to me. I've created, uh, because previously I didn't have it, uh, I've created a, a Facebook page for Eros Evolution, the show, and also an Instagram account just for Eros Evolution, which previously I didn't have. So you can you can follow me, comment and uh, at uh, facebook.com uh, backslash uh, Eros Evolution show, and then um, Instagram Eros Evolution show. And uh, if you like to follow me on all the other platforms that I have, um, I actually have a TikTok channel. Um, 
uh, called DL Martali. So yeah, follow me on TikTok. And you know what? Something very funny, interesting happened in the last one week with my TikTok channel. Uh, I put out so much content, right? And then I asked my assistant to help me to do a snippet of the most interesting part of the video because, you know, TikTok is like really short. So instead of me trying to make short videos, I just asked my assistant to edit it. And um, so I was having like 701 uh, person following me on TikTok. And she put out this video and uh, suddenly it exploded. And now I have 11,000 uh, people follow me on TikTok. So from 700, like, you know, less than 1,000 to um, like 100% increase. So like, uh, what video was that? <laughs> what video was it that uh, caused my, um, my uh, TikTok? So basically one video went viral and uh, it has been viewed uh, 800,000 times now, uh, coming to 900,000, so 8,080 8, 8,800 times so coming to 900,000 times uh, so yeah that video was on nipple orgasm the secret of having epic uh, nipple breast orgasm that video uh, has been watched so many times and then it led to a lot of people following me on TikTok so yeah it is entirely possible um, as long as you keep um, putting out your best work um, I think um I have been doing what I've been doing for so long and it's like um um it's almost sometimes like trying to squeeze water out of stone and uh, it has it hasn't been easy um so I just I just keep going and you just never know what what really works I guess that's my point in sharing that little story with TikTok not to not to say that or uh, put out only sensationalized content that's that's not the point that a thing is some sometimes you never know what resonates with different people, and uh, so um, as healing practitioners, like we just we just do what we can and focus on our mission rather than focus on fame or popularity. And um, it's also important to um, make our content as attractive, as presentable, as interesting as possible for for different people. So yeah, okay, so. We have like 10 more minutes. So let me just share uh, what I have uh, next week. I already started to mention just now. I have a poly uh, when Asian or poly while Asian um, coming on the show. Then I have uh, on February 15, which is one day after Valentine's Day, I have Valentina, who is a relationship uh, coach um, based in Hong Kong uh, coming. And then in February 22nd, I have uh, Mary Victor coming. She's going to talk about body neutrality, uh, being body neutral. So we all hear about positivity, but uh, she believes that we need to actually achieve body neutral. And I'm all about positivity. So I actually have the question of uh, why do we want to be neutral about our bodies when uh, isn't isn't love, isn't body love a higher vibration? Do I want to be meh about my body or do I just want to really, really like focus on being loving to my body? So just to share a little bit um, because of all the work that I have been uh, in indoors, you know, a lot of us have been indoors uh, for the last two years. Uh, so I have gained weight and last year I was doing so much work for Pink Lifestyle. You won't believe it. I was actually burning out and getting like really depressed towards the end of last year. I was crying and um, when I talked about it with my friends. So so this year, I, I'm, I'm recalibrating everything. 
But last year, because of COVID, because of my fear of going to the gyms, because as you know, gyms are air-conditioned and the circulation is not so good. And gyms is one of the most likely place you can catch COVID. So I actually uh, didn't go to the gym last year. I've only gone back to it this year. And uh, I'm really feeling much better for it. So, so yeah, last year I gained weight. And at one point, I was really so unhappy with my body that I was, I was just really not happy. I was just like scolding or blaming my body all the time. And it got to a point that I, I had to sit myself down and actually tell myself that uh, what I was doing was not beneficial. It was not useful to myself, to my well-being at all. And I needed to um, be more compassionate to myself. So I, I basically dropped that question into my body, which is, can I love my body no matter what size I get? And the answer is, I, 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 I have to. I have to because this is this is my this is my temple this is my house this is the house of my soul this is what i depend on to to move from place a to place b and um to support me in all the things that i want to accomplish so regardless of what size that i get i'm, I'm not going to scold my body anymore i'm just going to love her no matter what size i get and um so that kind of shifted for me and i think it's it's easy to talk about it but I'm, until you have the embodied experience um, it's, it's, it's still a bit hard. It's still a bit, uh, I guess, um, 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 hard to understand. Yeah, but then I, I, I actually went through that with my own body. Um, each and every day, I just tell my body, I love you. Hello, how are you? Thank you for supporting me. Yeah. And on March 1, you know, International Women's Day will be coming in the uh, 8th of March. Uh, Chinese called Sampa Fu Nijie. So, so yeah, I'm gonna have uh, different guests talk about uh, being women and talk about their sexuality and talk about uh, empowerment and all that good stuff. Uh, and then on March uh, 8, I'm gonna get two of my friends who are conscious men to uh, talk about what it's like for them being men and uh, being fathers, both of them, and both of them are having parents who are going through cancer. So it's going to be a really, really interesting show having uh, uh, these two conscious men uh, with me. I I really adore them a lot and uh, both of them have appeared in my Sugar and Spice Festival. In March 15, I'm going to get my uh, friend, um, Dr. Lee Philip, uh, who specializes in uh, sexuality and uh, disability to come uh, on the show. I have been following uh, Lee's uh, work for... Uh, quite some time and I just I just really really adore uh, them so much and on March 22 I'm gonna have uh, maybe one or two but definitely one of them has uh, said yes uh, one of my uh, friends who um, uh, is on the GLBTQIA spectrum um, I believe uh, identifies as transgender to come on the show and on March 29 I have uh, Cam Frazier who is uh, somebody who talks a lot about the role of being a male and masculinity to come on. And uh, April 15, I I have to line up somebody because the date doesn't work for the person that I had originally asked. And uh, April, April, sorry, April 5. April 5, uh, 12, I have uh, uh, hope, hope to have Lenny, um, my classmate from... 
the Institute of Advanced Study of Human Sexuality at Cambodia, and she will be talking about um, birds and bees. She's uh, well known for doing and talking about sex education for parents. Uh, April 19, I have an award-winning po poet and author, uh, Felix, come on. So yes, I've just read out to you my show schedule for February, March, and April, more, more or less, more or less. <laughs> so yeah, these are all the things that you can look out for uh, on this show. It's going to be interactive. It's going to be uh, fun, useful, informational, empowering, hopefully inspiring, and uh, supporting you uh, for with your um, sexuality to evolve. And uh, there's so many things that I can talk about, but I, I want to say that um, that our sexuality is such a precious, important part of who we are. A lot of people uh, who I work with uh, always ask me, like, why is it I have no sex drive or low sex drive? Um, the reality is that our sexuality uh, comes from a place of wellness, in, in my opinion. People who are sick, who are going through uh, cancer, they, they tend to suffer uh, with their sex drive. And uh, that's because the body is doing what the body needs to do to take care of what is immediate, that needs immediate attention. If you're fighting cancer, your body's energy is going towards uh, fighting the cancer cells. And so the cancer treatments will also take a toll on your body. Uh, so will medication for people who are going through uh, illnesses and and so it's really really important um that uh, we take care of our sexuality and um, um and do what we can sometimes we cannot do uh, certain things like last year I, I didn't want to exercise i couldn't exercise i was uh, working all the time and so it was it was really important to understand everything that happens uh, goes through uh, apps and flows uh, there's a time and season for everything. There's a time you're working and then you're neglecting your body and then uh, you need to make adjustments of what is not working and then focus on what does work. And uh, no matter what we are going through, it's really important to not just focus on the negative, uh, to look at it at face value and then focus on what you can do to make things better for yourself uh, step by step, one day at a time. It's really not that. Uh, it's really, it's really um, all about awareness rather than judgment. I, I think being aware is the first step, first step of change that can happen. And so it's really important to focus on that. So yeah, with that, uh, we've come to the end of the show. And I'd like to encourage you to also subscribe to my mailing list. That's eroscoaching.com. That's when you will be able to get all the announcements and um, of my work and I would really love to hear from all of you about uh, who to have, who to highlight, uh, things like that. So yeah, this has been Martha of uh, Eros Evolution and uh, my practice is actually called Eros Coaching. That's eroscoaching.com. So thank you everybody for your time, attention, support, and uh, it's good to be back. Uh, yeah, happy Chinese New Year. Happy Tiger Year for everybody. Uh, may it be a better year than it has been last year. And uh, we all hope for better and better. <laughs>